Welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn, and this is part two of Checkers, Not Chess. Um, on part one, if you haven't listened, uh, I just touched on essentially my stance about how I feel that um, this has we have to look at it from an economic standpoint. It doesn't have to get really, really deep. It doesn't have to get really, really deep at all. But it kind of touches on some of the things that we can almost self-inflict upon ourselves, like doing the rioting and not necessarily getting to the goal. We essentially lose on not only from a justice standpoint, but then from an economic standpoint. And then we end up back in a state of begging and all this particular stuff like this, right, Um, for lack of a better term. So on this particular episode, I want to talk about one of the longstanding um, comments that I've been seeing floating around, and this has been floating around, at least that I've been seeing. It's It's been around for a while. And the thing is, people are saying, I'm not like my grandparents. We're not like our grandparents, right? And... When I first saw that, um, my thought process was completely different than what it, what it was now, right? Because my first thought process was like, yeah, we're not. No, we're not going to take that. You're not going to do this to me and think you're going to get away with it, right? But as I see it more and more now, I have to stop and I have to think that, wait a minute. Everyone wasn't, was, everyone wasn't docile. Everyone wasn't an individual who refused to fight. Everyone wasn't an individual that backed down. So the more I see it now, I, I kind of see it as it's like a it's like a slap in the face, right? Because individuals that are old enough to be our grandparents were individuals that were essentially on the front line. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, they would be individuals' grandparents now. There were individuals who had grandparents that probably looked up to the teachings of either Martin, Malcolm, um, and others, right? And they may have marched. They may have been involved in things. They may have been individuals that were part of church congregations that, you know, fought back um, the Klan and other white, you know, militia groups and things like that. So, the more I think about it, I feel it's disrespectful to say that we're not like our grandparents, right? Because every, even though they're just like now, right? They're individuals now who are not going to, st- you know, are not going to stand on any side. They are protecting relationships. They're doing whatever the situation is, right? So we have that now and we had that back then. But we also had individuals who were on the front line. We had individuals who were behind that line. We had individuals that were behind that line, right? And so we don't need to minimize individuals who aren't on the front line, right? We don't need to we don't need to diminish those, right? Because one of the books that I read about um, A.G. Gaston, right, who was a millionaire um, entrepreneur. Um, in Birmingham, Alabama, he was one of the individuals that helped finance a lot of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. were doing, that was doing, 
And so even when we talk about Malcolm X prior to him leaving the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam had institutes and had um, and still do things that um, generate revenue and funds so that they can have individuals that go out there and push that message, right? Because I feel that individuals, to a certain extent, I always want to just forget about the backers, the financial backers. Almost to say that Martin was out there on his own dime, right? As if he was just out there on his own dime. As if bus rides were free, hotels were free, all these particular things like this. These things weren't free. The money had to come from somewhere, right? And so people overlooked that, right? Because it took them out there on the front line as well as individuals with money who could sit down and say, look, I'm behind this particular issue. I'm I'm his backer or I'm, I, or I'm, I, or I'm her backer, right? So some of our grandparents could have been backers. Never know. But to just categorize that and just put that out there and... I feel that we're in the age, I was telling my wife now, we're almost we're in the age now where even though you have access to as much information as your as your brain can soak in, you'll still have the instance where someone will see a post and share it and the post is absolute has no lick of validity to it whatsoever. But they'll post and caption be like, Wow, look at this. Look at what? Look at the lie. You could have did a quick Google search and realized that, hey, this this isn't factual. This isn't accurate at all. So I look at that particular statement now that same way because it's like everyone's grandparent wasn't a Sambo. Everyone's grandparent didn't run and hide, right? So to say we're not like our grandparents is, is ludicrous to an extent because – if it wasn't for our grandparents to a certain extent, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have progressed to where we are now. Right? We wouldn't have progressed to where we were now. And it took a mixture of frontline workers and backers. Right? So, um, another thing that I see. Individuals are saying, hey, you know, we've tried everything. Nothing worked. And again, I'm looking at it from an economic standpoint. We haven't tried economics. We haven't purposely. When we tried, see, that's one of the things about the Montgomery bus boycott, right? They boycotted the, the public buses in Montgomery, right? They took money out of pocket because they wanted to ride the buses. Now, it was a good and a bad effect from that. The good effect from it was that, okay, we were able to ride white buses. The bad effect from it was that black buses lost business as well. Because at the end of it, they rode the white buses. They didn't ride the black buses. So a lot of black businesses disappeared. So if you truly want to say you don't want to be like your grandparents to an extent, and even though this this isn't as... It's still wrong, but I don't feel it's it's as as, as disingenuous and, and, and as disrespectful when we're speaking about being on the front lines. So buy from black, support black, make that your make that your make that your initiative. Do that. 
go help organize a black financial group so we can go out here, we can buy properties, we can buy land, we can plant food, we can do this, we can have self-serving communities, we can do that. We can get away from all of that, right? Do that. But for whatever reason, nobody wants to do that. And when someone does try to do that, the first thing that people want to do is turn around and say that they're scamming somebody. Oh, I don't do that. Don't do that to that particular person. Don't do that. They, they, they're scammers. And I listened to the great Tamika Mallory and the statement that she made, but I didn't. I, I agree with the statement, but I feel that she left something off. She said they taught us how to um, be violent, right? They taught us how to loot. They taught us that. But they also taught us how to make money. They taught us that as well, right? So they stole these particular artifacts. They stole these animals from Africa. And what did they do? They set up entities where people go and pay them, and they're making money off of what it is that they stole, that they stole. So we don't have to go down the same road, right? But just pick it. Because regardless of the situation, it's going to be violence, right? It's going to be violence. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. It's, it's going to be violence. That's just, that's just a part of it. Regardless of what religion that you study or don't study, it's violence, right? It's, that's just what it is. But also in these particular books, you, you you look at it from a standpoint that there were finances involved as well. And again, like I said, I mean, just going back to that particular statement, I mean, it's like, come on. Some of your grandparents were on the front line. Some of your grandparents was the backers. Some of your grandparents died for this or were what you want to call it, um, collateral damage, right, for a lack of a better term, for this. So don't act as if that um, we are we are, we are out here doing something that, that they didn't do because they did. We see uh, the story of Nat Turner. We see Harriet Tubman. We see those particular individuals. And these, even though these were the individuals that – we remember these weren't sole efforts. You had to have individuals that bought in as well. They said, hey, you know what? You're right. I don't like it here. I don't like it doing it this way. So let's do it. We had the Deacons of Defense. We had the Black Panthers, um, Nation of Islam. We had all these particular other entities that were established because the same energy that we feel that we have today, they had the energy back then. So don't say that. We're not our grandparents. We are in one shape or another. We got the frontliners. We got the financial backers. And we got the people that's going to sit back there in the back. And they're going to come out when the dust settle, right? And the funny and crazy thing about that, you, you, we still need those particular people, right? We still need those particular people. Because those are the type of people that are feeling comfortable in this. Because it's like, it's like this. You got the San Francisco Bridge, which is essentially assimilation, right? You may have this bridge, right? You may have, you got to buy by the rules, right? The speed limit on the bridge may be forty-five, right? And even though you feel like you want to go faster, 
it's like, okay, well, this bridge is more secure versus you got this old wood bridge over here, right? One vehicle at a time, right? There's some boards missing on the bridge and stuff like that, but you got to be careful. And that's kind of like us as the black community right now, right? We we have a way to get there, but it doesn't, it, it, we need to improve it. We need to show that we can put the architecture together to make this bridge just as good as that bridge over there. So you're going to need those people in the back, right? Because they're impressionable. They're going to go to where they feel that they stand the best chance. So when we get the the backers, financial backers, as well as the frontline people to a particular point, then that'll be better. See, one of the things about MLK, MLK wasn't killed until he started talking about money, right? And one of the things to me, I'm not a Muslim, but again, I, I, I love what those brothers stand for. And um, reading um, books, or not just books, but reading Message to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad, it really changed my outlook in my life for a lot of things, right? And a lot of people say, you know, quote what Malcolm talked about, right? But Malcolm learned a lot of these particular things. And no one really wants to give or pay homage to the, the teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and how they how he created a newspaper that's still in circulation today, built schools that are still open today, restaurants, right, that are open, that, that, that gave black men and black women a sense of importance, right? So you don't have to, you know, necessarily say, I want to be a Muslim or anything any of that particular thing like that. But if you're going to say you're going to look at Malcolm, because it's to me, when, when I look at Malcolm and Martin, <clears throat> this is the thing that I see. We look at Martin, at least some people, majority of the people, the people that haven't really studied Martin, we look at it from the standpoint of, okay, Martin was nonviolent. We look at the march from Selma to Montgomery. We look at that Malcolm, met that Martin. And the Malcolm that we look at is the Malcolm that was, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back, right? But we don't want to talk about the Malcolm that learned from the most honorable Elijah Muhammad that said, you know, we need to separate. We need to have our own. We need to work for one another. We can be a self-sustaining community, right? They don't talk about that Malcolm. Just like they don't talk about the Martin that said, you know what? The way I've been doing this is all wrong. This is economic at the end of the day, right? It's this, 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 this is not about. You can't make someone like you as much as as much as you want. We learn this in simple relationships. You know, if a man goes and talks to a woman and she's uninterested, okay, cool, boom, she don't like you, right? But. But we can't look at the Steve Urkel approach on family marriage and say, well, we're just going to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And then eventually she wakes up and sees that, well, you know what? Maybe I really do like you because you will miss your Myra because Myra loved Steve for who he was. She didn't want him to change the Stefan. She would have loved him for who he was. And that's the way it is. We have to be our Myra, right? Our black community, we love each other. We're Myra, but we're chasing Laura. 
right? We're chasing Laura, and we don't have to. We've been chasing Laura for 400 years now. She don't want us. It's time to move on. <laughs> it's time to move on, right? But that's the interesting thing. And another interesting thing about it is that those were the only two people that were active. Those Those individuals are the ones that we see the most, right? Those are the most people that have the most impressions. But like I said, I I, I studied the teacher, Elijah Muhammad, Mr. Farrakhan, Amos Wilson, Marcus Garvey, individuals like that, individuals that we're talking about, we need, we, we, we can do this for ourselves. We can build our own self-sustaining economy. And so one of the things that I also see about some of the other individuals that are in certain positions of power that say, look, we can't have a situation where we're just doing business with ourselves. We, we, we can't have that. You know, that's, that's not going to be sustainable. And my, my answer to that is, look, why not? Why not? Because we can have us over here in America and we can help our brothers and sisters in the Caribbean. We can help our brothers and sisters on the mother continent. We can help our brothers and sisters everywhere. And we can work it like that. So, yeah, we, we, we essentially can. And if other races want to exchange goods and services, hey, we can work it like that, right? But you're not going to make someone like you, right? Because one of the things that people say is that we're gonna try everything else. Now it's time to ride. Ride hasn't riding has not been effective either. It's not because if rioting was effective, then Rodney King would have been the last black man or black woman that would have been attacked by police officers, and we know that's far from the truth. Right, that's far from the truth. There are hundreds that haven't even, you know, that 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 aren't even documented. Right, even in this age of the camera phone and all this particular stuff like that, there's still cases that go, you know, essentially doesn't get the light of day. I mean, it two months after Ahmaud Aubrey was killed, that's when the the pressure got up, and then that's when these people get arrested two months later. Right, so. I agree. You have to sometimes, yeah. You you do have to go, and you have to you have to you have to take justice. But again, at the same time, we have to really sit back. And we have to realize, like, look, what, what what is it that we're gonna do? And this kind of gets over to the reparations standpoint. And like I said, I reparations to me, if you get it, if we get it, cool. If we don't, we don't. But it's still enough land out here that is free. There's Black individuals who know about land and agriculture that can get soil ready to actually plant food, right? There are individuals that know how to work machinery and manufacturing, and all they need is the capital, and the capital is there. But we just have to work a little bit, right? You know? So, and <clears throat> it's one of the things that, you know, if you haven't um, pick up, Pick up the writings and teachings of Marcus Garvey, and he talks about that. Marcus Garvey, one of the most accomplished black men in American history, and in a war, in a in a larger realm, he doesn't get talked about. Elijah Muhammad, one of the 
most accomplished black man in American history doesn't get talked about. And if he does get talked about, it's for the situation with the wives. But come on, man. Come on, man. Let's be let's 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 be real here. Look at what these brothers did in an era, in a time period where what they did wasn't even supposed to be even fathomable, right? Wasn't even supposed to be fathomable. Come on, man. Right? So, again, you know, like I said, we, if you're going to say you want to be like a grandparents, say it from an instance and say, like, maybe our grandparents were more concerned with assimilation than being proud of what it was that they already had because they felt that we were missing out on something, right? So look at it from that particular perspective. Um, another point before I get out of here is the voting aspect. I've, I've, I've talked about this of what it really means to vote and what a real vote is. Um, I've seen a lot of people, some were agreeing and some people were disagreeing um, with the stance that Killer Mike uh, came with. An individual said, "Ah, oh, we didn't try voting. We didn't did that. We didn't did that." But uh, no, you you really haven't. We as African Americans, as a collective, haven't really voted. We haven't. What we've done is we've circled the name and cast it. We haven't. We haven't did voting, right? We gotta do voting like we do sports teams. For those who love sports, for those who love anything else that you love with your passion, you gotta you gotta treat voting the same way. Again, like I said, I talked about you gotta ride or die with you gotta ride or die with that particular candidate. You just like I went to a football game one time, uh, Miami Hurricanes. Right, I paid five hundred dollars for one ticket. Right, I paid five hundred dollars for one ticket for something that lasted roughly three hours. Right. So when you stop and think about it like that, if you can spend five hundred dollars or even if you spend a hundred dollars, if just say, for instance, you go to basketball games, say you go to 10 games a year. Right. Right. So you go to 10 games a year at a hundred dollars a ticket. If you can do that for basketball, then you can do that for a political candidate. That can help buy TV time. They can help buy um, things that stick in people's yard. That's 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 what that money can go towards. So you gotta think about that. That's really voting. That's really voting, right? So, so to say that we tried voting and it didn't work, it didn't work because we didn't we didn't play the game the right way. You got the rules. All the rules to the game are available now. But what ends up happening is you say that you're not going to be like your grandparents, but you are because they didn't understand how to really vote either. And so by you saying that the, the system has done, has, hasn't done us any favors is essentially doing the same thing as them by not fully understanding or doing the due diligence, which that's no longer an excuse because all the information you need now is available. You know that you can put together super PACs, raise money, put behind a, a candidate and say, look, this is our collect these are our collective things that we want done. Right? 
and we're going to put money behind it and we're going to hold you. We're going to hold you to that. And if you get elected, you know, he or she, you get elected. We expect a return on our investment. And that's how that works. That's that's voting. What we're doing is that's that's not voting. What we're doing is 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 getting a ticket for getting a getting a um, a sticker for participation, right? And again, this is not the podcast on it. I've 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 already expressed my concern about it, but again, I'm just speaking on individuals saying that we've tried these particular things and they didn't work, right? So, and even from even marching, right? We're not doing marching right. Because it's the same thing. You, you you have to follow up, right? It's almost like a motivational speaker marching almost. The thing about a motivational speaker, a motivational speaker comes and speaks to you, right? Gets you hyped, gets you ready. Oh, I can run through a wall. But after the motivational speaker leaves, it's up to you to take that and put some action to it. All of you that may be in that room, y'all say, wait a minute, hey, let's get together and let's 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 get an accountability group or whatever the situation is, and let's make sure that that what we spent our money on, we're gonna get the most out of it by making sure that we're putting forth the legwork, making sure that we're doing everything in our power to make sure that what that person said can be accomplished, can be accomplished. And that's the same way you gotta do it. So we're doing stuff wrong. People look at marching as a situation where you sing, hold hands, march a single file line, hold up signs, I hate this, or Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, all that particular stuff like that. And like, okay, all right, cool, you did that. Now, what the economics at? Right? Did all of y'all take up a five, ten dollars, put it into a pot to a treasury, agree to say, look, we're gonna put this money towards a political candidate, right? So when money started coming out, you really started seeing people's real initiative, right? So, or people's real mindset. That's how you organize. That's how you strategize, right? So, this I mean, this is just, this is what I see from it. And this isn't the first time that this, that this has occurred, right? And it's keeping occurring. And, and people say this is the only way people are going to recognize us. Yeah, you, you're... Yeah, they're gonna recognize you because you're destroying something. They're not recognizing it for the 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 purpose that it needs to be recognized for. That's that's where I feel the disconnect comes in, and that's why I feel nothing ever formulates from this. Right? So change comes with power, power comes with money and and influence. Right? So if you're gonna play the game, you gotta play the game. You can't halfway you you can't halfway do it. If you're gonna if you're gonna go jump in the water and swim, you can't swim two feet and say, all right, I'm good. I I swim. No, you gotta keep going. Right? You gotta keep going. And so I feel like that enough people are gonna get that and you can actually get some change, but I don't feel that the burning stuff down is gonna is, is isn't gonna change anything. Because it, it has shown that it hasn't changed anything. What is what has changed is the individuals that were there it changed their zip code. Because again, this is they're not even doing chess moves; they're doing checker moves. They allow for you to make that one jump, that one jump, burn the building down. Cool, all right. So I'm gonna jump you twice because you left yourself open. I'm gonna jump you first by taking money out of the out of the community. I'm going to jump you again 
by putting money back into community, raising prices so that you have to leave. That's checkers. <laughs> we ain't got the chest. That's checkers. Right? One thing about history is we study history all the time and we study history so that we don't repeat it. And so one of the one of the things that we always talk about is COINTELPRO, how people, how they infiltrated the Panthers, how they infiltrated the nation of Islam. So you think that they stopped stop doing it? We got it on video. They're helping incite the riots. They're, they're the ones that are breaking glass and, and, and looting and stuff like that. It's COINTELPRO, right? It's the same play, right? Now, obviously, more people should be, you know, on the lookout for that, and it seems that you know more people are. But at the same time, you got to work to change the narrative. Got to work to change the narrative because again, like I said, this is checkers. It's not chess. We haven't even got to the chessboard yet. We still on the checkerboard. We still red versus black or white versus black. You know, whatever, whatever, you know, color your checkerboard is, right? So. We got to, you know, organize, be more strategic and, you know, rest in power to all of the fallen soldiers um, that have been casualties of this ongoing war that we're fighting against, white supremacy, right? So, it's Rashad Horn. I'll be back to you again next week. Peace.